Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Let's open up our Bibles. Our theme verse throughout this series, these seven weeks, is Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, which I believe most of us have memorized. <clears throat> Amen. And it says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. Can we say that last, pers- la- last verse together? Say, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. What does Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 say? We're going to try this. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. We're going to get it by the end of the seven weeks. Ain't that right? Uh, And today we're going to be discussing part two of this series. So I want you to quickly open up to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Yes, we got it. We're getting it. We're getting it. There we go. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Someone shall be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God, what God's will is. How many of you guys want to know what the will of God is for your life? Seven people. I think we have more than that. I said, how many of you guys want to know what God's will for your life is? If you, believe, if you want to know what God's will for your life, give God some praise in this house. It says, prove what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. His good and pleasing and perfect will. I want to also read it from the NLT version, the New Living Translation. And it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And uh, today we're going to be going through an outline. If you have it, I'm going to ask you to bring it out. Uh, If you don't, just raise your hand and one of our team members will bring it to you if you need one of these. It should be in your bulletin if you have a bulletin or program. And we're going to be covering uh, seven things that we believe is the will of God for your life. Amen? So last week we covered, if you weren't here, I just want to give a quick review that our story begins with God's story, that where purpose is absent, abuse is present, and we were made by God for God. Amen? Amen? I want you to give the person next to you the title to to today's message. Tell them, very simple, tell them the will of God. Now tell them in Spanish if you speak Spanish. Tell them in your native tongue. El propósito, oh, y'all ain't ready for this. El propósito de Dios. Yo no sé de ti en esta tarde. (laughs) All right, that's all you're getting right there. I'm not going to give you any more than that. Let's bow our heads and pray for the message to go forth. Heavenly Father, we we thank you, God, that 
We are in your courts. We are in your presence, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that we can discover what it is that you want for our life today. We believe that you have created us with purpose for a purpose. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you allow me to share this four-hour message in 35 minutes. And please don't let me roast under these lights. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, amen. Give God some praise in this house. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, um, how many of you guys love weddings? I love weddings. Uh, I mean, I love because I get to celebrate part of people's lives, but I also get to eat good. You know what I'm saying? Get some good food at the weddings. Uh, and uh, Marcos and Lena, as we celebrated last week, we gave them a, a shout out. Marcos and Lena, our drummer, and uh, one of the people in our finance team, they got married last week. I think we could celebrate. I, I always want to look for opportunities to celebrate marriage. And um, I was performing their wedding. I was scheduled to perform their wedding. And the night before, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this about me, but I only have one suit. That's all I got, all right? I'm going to go to weddings with one suit. I'm going to go to funerals with one suit. I'm going to go where? to a business meeting. All I got is one suit. I got a whole bunch of other clothes, but I only got one suit. Now, I go inside my closet, right? <clears throat> and the only suit that I have is not there. And so I'm like, how in the world does a man lose a suit? Mind you, the only suit that I have. To this day, I still don't know where that suit is. But what do I do? Well, what any person with three other siblings would do. Why on earth did God put your brothers there so that you can borrow clothes? Amen. Amen. And so immediately I, got, I said, God, you gave me them for a reason, and that's to borrow their clothes, all right? And so I called my older brother. And I said, hey, bro, do you have a suit? He said, yes, it's at mom's house. I called my younger brother because, you know, I'm going to go shopping. You know what I mean? And then I, go, I called my younger brother. I said, hey, man, I need a suit. He goes, okay, you got to go to my house, and you could try it on, and if it fits, you could wear it. I go to my mother's house, and I just want to give a testimony. Can, testimony night real quick? Pastor Rowe had no suits the night before Marco and Lena's wedding. But that night, he walked out with Two suits. I came to tell someone God will give you double for your trouble. I walked out with two suits. Man, I still got them in my closet. No suits to two suits. Come on, somebody. And so I'll be selling them $1.99 in the back if you are a 52. <laughs> and, and what I realized was that when I was trying out the suit, I, I walked outside the house, and uh, I'm going from my mother's house, which is the Staten Island Mall, and then I go to my brother's house, which is the Queens Mall, and as I'm going from my mother's house to my brother's house, I touch my pocket, and I realize that I don't have my wallet. Have you ever lost your wallet? I never lose my wallet. Never. I have never lost my wallet, my keys. I, I misplaced them, but I have never lost them. Never, ever, okay? Now, as I'm traveling to my brother's house, I'm like, where's my wallet? I never leave my house. I walk out my house and I do, I do keys, wallet, and phone. Keys, wallet, and phone. Keys, wallet, and phone. Keys, wallet, and phone. I never, keys, wallet, phone, let's go. All right, we're good. All right, so I never walk out my, my house without those three things. And I remember going to my brother's house and I was like, 
did I leave the house without my wallet? Now, I don't know about you. When you lose something, you go, especially if it's valuable for you, you go crazy looking for it. So what do I do? I go back to my mother's house, and I go crazy looking for it. And, of course, I wake up Reuben because it was late at night. I wake up my mother. And let me tell you, my mother went looking for that wallet. Mom, can you shout amen? My mom was like, what in the world? Where did you put this wallet? You probably left it at home. And I start looking for this thing, going crazy. I look in her room. I look in Reuben's room. I look in everywhere. I look outside. Maybe when I walked outside, you guys, some of you guys are finding experts. So I go outside. It's nowhere to be found. I go in front of my car. Maybe I pulled it out when I walked out the car. Maybe it was there. Nowhere to be found. I said, maybe when I got in the car in my house. So I go back to my house. I go look for it in my lawn. I go look for it in my house. Now, I don't know about you, but when you, get, when you start looking for something and you cannot find it for the life of you, you start looking for it in places that you know it's not there, but you just want to make sure. So I take out all the clothes out of my closet and like maybe I just, you know, I was just like, I don't know, autopilot and I just put it somewhere and I'm like, I'm looking through pants I wore three weeks ago. I'm like, they're not there, but let's just give it a try, right? And so I'm looking for my wallet everywhere. I could not find it. The next morning, I'm like, I know that this wallet is in my mother's house because I never leave without my wallet. I know this wallet is in my mother's house because I never leave without my wallet. And I was like, it has to be in my mother's house. In my mother's house, she's like, Rolando, I look for it everywhere. It's not there. And I'm like, Mom, I, it has to be there. I didn't, I didn't leave the house without my wallet. And so I go back, I search everywhere, every single inch of that house. No matter where I looked, I could not find it. I searched outside again. I could not, I was out there with my cell phone like, cops pulled up. No problem here, officer. How are you? God bless looking for my wallet everywhere, could not find it, go back inside the house, looking for it again. My mom screeches, I found it! And I'm like, immediately my heart, ah. And my mom tries to explain to me where she found it. I don't even care. I'm just like, just give me the wallet. God bless you. Let me go. And she's like, I found it. And it was inside a room that is not occupied, inside a bag suit that I, of one of the suits that I was trying on. Now, here's what I, I, wanna, I wanna get to you today. Because I think, hear me, ready? I think many times we are looking for the right thing in the wrong place. Yeah, you can say amen right there. I'm gonna say amen to myself. That was good, Pastor Rowe. You can be looking for the right thing in the wrong place. And, and, and here's the truth. No matter how much I would have been looking for it in my house, I could have gone crazy. I could have called the cops. I could have put out a search squad in the front of my house throughout the whole perimeter of my neighborhood, and I would have not found my wallet no matter how long I looked for it. It was not until we went inside of a house, inside of a room, inside of a closet and inside of a bag that we found the wallet. Now here's the truth of it all. 
We can be looking for the right thing in our lives. We can be looking for the will and purpose of God for our lives. But many times we can be looking for it in the wrong place. But I thank God. Here's the truth. I thank God that God has given a will for us, that God has given a purpose for our lives. And here's the truth. All you have to do is look for it in the right place. Is there anybody here that's willing to say, I think I'm in the right place this morning. Give God some praise in this house. See, Romans chapter 12 says, do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And look look at this. It says, then you will learn to know. Then you will what? Learn. You will learn to know God's will for you, which is what? Is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Now, I don't know about you. Have you ever wondered what God's will for your life was? Let's be honest. We're asking God, like, what? Is is it God's perfect will? Is it God's permissible will? Is it God's aggressive will? Is it God's passive will? Like, what is, what on earth am I here? Like, what's God's will for my life? Right? I get frustrated sometimes, like, pero Dios, que tú quieres de mí? Yo no sé lo que tú quieres. God, what is your will for my life? I almost knocked out my glasses. God, what is your will for my life? Like, am I supposed to get married? Is she the one? Come on, don't, don't act like you never asked that question. God, am I supposed to get married? Am I supposed to stay single? Should I be breaking up with the person I need to break up with? Should I be going to college? What major should I be taking? What career should I be pursuing? God, what, what, is, the, what is your will for my, my life? And, you know, we've all done the best of the best of this growing up. I mean, we were trained to do this. It's just like we, we, we take a coin. You know what I mean? And what do we do? Father, we pray for the coin in the name of Jesus. If it's heads, that means serenity is the one. But if it's not, then I'm going to break up with her. Come on, God, talk to me, Joe. Oh, it's tails. Best two out of three. Hold on a second, God. Best two out of three. God, what, what, what career should I pursue? God, what is... Oh, no, it got to be with my hand. It got to be with my hand. Okay, that's God's will right there. I'm going to marry that girl. Okay, amen. Oh, what what do we do? We, 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 and we reduce the will of God to the flipping of a coin. But the only person I've seen live his life by the flipping of a coin is a man named Two-Face in a character series named Batman. And it's no wonder the Bible says that he who is a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I don't want to live a two-faced kind of life and it's a drop of the head and it's a drop of the tail and whatever the coin says. No, I want to live the kind of life that says, God, what is your will for my life? And we've done it even with the Bible. We've taken the scriptures and God, speak to me. You ever done that? Flipping the Bible, Lord, speak to me. Okay. Leviticus and the Aphrodites and the Shatites. Nope. Go over here. 
Love your neighbor. God, I know that already. And don't get me wrong, we've all done it. I mean, I, I, I believe that God will speak to you that way. I mean, there's been plenty of times that I've opened the Bible and God has spoke to me right then and there. And I praise God for that. But let me tell you, this is not the epitome of God's will for your life in, in terms of you just flipping the pages and just saying, okay, God, speak to me. And God is, it's, it's almost like God is operating by chance. No, I believe that God has given you a purpose and a destiny and there's a will. Guess what? God's will is actually not that complicated. Are you hearing me? God's will is not that complicated. Why you got to make things so complicated? <laughs> I see the way you're acting like just somebody else getting me frustrated. Life's like this and you what? No. See, God's will is really not that complicated. And Paul says, hey, listen, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't conform. Don't try to look for the right thing in the wrong place. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't let this world actually mold the way you think. Don't let this world tell you what your purpose is. Don't let this life replace what God's voice is meant to be. He says, but no. He says, transform your mind. He goes, transform your world by what? The renewing of your mind. And, and here's the truth. I believe that God's will, I'm going to give you seven things today, but I believe God's will is found in one place. This is the perfect will of God. This is the perfect will of God. And it's not just kind of like play, playing Russian, Russian roulette, speak to me, Lord, type of thing. But it is living in God's word. And in God's word, we will hear his voice. And I want you to write this down. Put this in your message notes. It is only when you learn to live God's standard will for your life that you will discover how to live out God's specific will for your life. Well, what am I talking about? See, I believe that God's perfect will is divided into two simple categories. God's standard will, everybody shout God's standard will, and God's specific will. See, many times we want to know what God's specific will for our lives, but we're looking for God's specific will, hear me, let's be honest, we're looking for God's specific will outside of God's standard will. But I want to let you know that you'll never be able to learn, you have to learn to discover or to learn to live in God's standard will so that you will discover how to live out God's specific will for your life. See, many times we kind of, we kind of want to bypass God's standard will. And it's, God, God, what is it that you want from me? What, what is it for me? But you're looking for the right thing in the wrong place because your specific will or the, the specific will that God has for your life is actually found in God's standard will for your life. And God's standard will is not complicated. God's standard will is clear. You can put that in your notes. God's standard will is not complicated. God's standard will is clear. And I want to give you just kind of like an imagery here. See, many times this is where we live. And we're looking for God's will for our lives. And so we have to enter the, the, the house of God's standard will in order to find the room in that possesses God's specific will for your life. 
Are you catching that? See, as long as I'm living in the outside of God's will neighborhood, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. As long as you're living in outside of God's standard will, no matter how much you can go crazy looking for your specific will, but your specific will is not found outside of God's will for your life. So you're looking for your specific will, but you're in the outside of God's will neighborhood. And as long as you're roaming around, you will live your life searching and seeking and looking for God's specific will for your life. But you will never find it until you enter God's standard will for your life. And when you begin to live in God's standard will for your life, you will then be able to live out God's specific will for your life. If you believe that, you ought to give God some praise in this house. Woo! Roasting up here. I want to give you seven just quick bullet points. Seven quick bullet points. Seven quick bullet points. What is God's standard will? There are certain specific scriptures that speak about God's standard will for your life. God's, the first thing you need to know about God's specific will for your life is that it begins with God's standard will for your life. See, the scriptures may not tell you if you ought to marry a blonde or a brunette. But God, Vanessa is blonde and Susie is brunette. Which is the one for me? So you're never going to read the Bible and hear about God's specific will for your life, what major you ought to take. But when you, well, the thing about God's standard will is that God's standard will begins to mold you and change your heart. And you're no longer conformed to the things of this world. You are now transformed into a new person. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. That's why abuse cannot enter your life. Why? Because I know who I am. And so I put a stop to the abuse that comes to my life. I'm not going to allow you to abuse me. I'm not going to allow circumstances to abuse me. Why? Because I know who I am. And when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. And so what happens? When you live in God's standard will, then you'll know how to live out God's specific will for you. Here's number one, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, God wants, hear me, woo, deep revelation, everyone to be saved and to fully understand the truth. God wants pastors to be saved. That's how I no. God wants everyone. You know what the Greek word for everyone is? Everyone. God wants everyone to be saved. God is looking for reasons for you to be saved. God is, is, has a strong desire for everyone to be saved and come to know him. So write this down. God's will, I'm going to simplify this. I'm talking about the ABCs of theology right here. God's will is that I come home. You, you want to, hey, by the way, single folk, these seven things, if you see somebody walking in these seven things, whoo, that's a good candidate right there. Oh, you looking for somebody to hire these seven things? That's a good candidate to hire right there. You're looking to someone to place your trust in, guess what? That's a good candidate right here. But God's will is that you come home. Well, what's that? That's repentance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord 
is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. But is patient towards you, watch this, not wishing. In other words, it is not his will that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You know what's God's, God's will for your life? You know how do you discover your purpose? You know how you start figuring out and discovering what on earth you are here for? is by placing your faith in Jesus. And maybe you're here in this place and, and you haven't placed your faith in Jesus. Maybe you're kind of teeter-tottering and you don't know whether Jesus is the one that you want to follow. I want to let you know here today that your purpose begins with coming home to the Father. I want to let you know what true repentance is. Many times we're like, we're scared of the word repentance. It's like, oh my God, repentance, that, that's usually what they use to, to rebuke people. And repentance in the original language, in the Greek language, it's this word metania or metanoia. And it literally means to turn around. Or, or more specifically, it means to return. Notice what the prodigal son did in Luke chapter 15. It said he came to his senses and he turned around and went to his father's house. You know what God's will for your life is, God's standard will for your life is, is that you come home to Jesus. Is you start by coming to the father's house. Because as long as you're living in the outside of God's will neighborhood, he's looking for each one of us to reach repentance. You know what this church is about? It's telling people, hey, listen, our home is open to you. We're waiting for you to come home. You know when we go out there and speak to people and pray, pray for people, you know what we tell them? The father is looking for his prodigal sons to come home. Is there anybody here that believes that this is the kind of church that is welcoming every single person. I don't care who you are, black, white, Hispanic. We're looking for every, this is not a black church. This is not a white church. This is not a Hispanic church. This is a everyone church. I, I, man, I think that in the days that we're living in today, we need the kind of church that says, hey, listen, we're not looking for reasons to excommunicate people. We're looking for reasons to bring them back Number two, number two, number two, God's will is that the Holy Spirit be my greatest influence. Number two, that the Holy Spirit be my greatest influence. What does that mean? Look, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17, it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. Do not be drunk with wine for that is reckless living, but be filled. Someone shall be filled. Say, be filled with the Spirit. Another translation says, be filled in instead with the Holy Spirit and controlled by Him. What does that mean? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? When I'm filled with the Spirit, what it means for my life is that God's will is that the Holy Spirit be my greatest influence. Now, without judging anyone, has there anyone ever been under the influence? You don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. I was, that was a rhetorical question. Like, I don't know about you, but when you are under the influence, I know you guys are not going to believe this, but there was a time I know, I know what you're thinking. No, not you, Pastor Rowe. Yes, there was a time that I've gotten drunk. And look what the comparison is. 
He says, he says, don't be drunk with wine. Look at the comparison of the Holy Spirit. Catch this. Because many times we hone in on the wrong thing and it's like, oh, you, gotta, you can't be drunk. And that's, no, the whole point is, it's not don't be drunk. It's be filled with the Spirit. You know how you get intoxicated and you start doing things that you don't even remember? Blame the ah, 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 ah. Why? Because I understood there were some observations that I remember that I spoke a little differently because I would mumble my words and I couldn't speak the same. Uh, one of the things I knew is that I couldn't... I wouldn't walk the same. One of the things that I, I, I knew is that I didn't remember what I did the night before. Well, what is, what is Paul saying? He's saying, listen, you see how you can get intoxicated and come under the influence of wine and alcohol. You can be intoxicated and come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I can blame it on the Holy Spirit. You know why I love you that good? It's not me. I blame it on the Holy Spirit. I blame it on the Holy Spirit. Why? I don't remember what you did to me yesterday. I forgot all about that. Why? Because I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You know why I talk different? I can't take credit for that. I am under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Is there anybody here who's under the influence of the Spirit of the living God? Number two, Ooh, blame it on the Holy Spirit. Number three, God's will is that, put this in your bulletins, that I talk to him daily. God's will is that we pray. First Thessalonians says, always be joyful. Always keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful for what? For this is God's will. You want to know what the will of God is? Here it is. Always be joyful. Always keep praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is, the, is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is how we live in God's standard will in order to discover God's specific will. In a couple of weeks, in two weeks, we're going to be discovering what is our specific purpose in life. What is the specific will of God? And how do I hear God's voice when it comes to specific decisions in my life? And so, but, but when we live in God's standard will, this is the general will of God for humanity. This is the standard will that God has outlined in his world. He says, listen, you want to know what my will is? Pray. And there's a quote that says, the way our lungs need air, our soul needs prayer. See, I've realized that there are things that happen to you when there is a lack of air in your life. There's some symptoms that begin to happen when there's a lack of air in your lungs. But it's also equally true when there's a lack of prayer in your life, we deal with a life of symptoms. And God is just saying, listen, I'm waiting for you to open the door in prayer and connect with me and invite me in your situation. Invite me in your marriage. Invite me in your relationship. Invite me in your career. Invite me in your finances. I want to be in. Pastor Roe, I have nothing to pray about. Look around and begin to lift up your voice. Look around and see the heavens. Look around and begin 
need to look at. Man, we could look around. If we have nothing to pray out, pray about, that means we are simply praying too much with our eyes closed. I think we need to start opening. Come on, church. We need to start opening up our eyes and looking at the political climate, looking at our social climate, and saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare and decree, decree your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I need to look at my life and say, God, this might not look what you intended it, but your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think we look at our, we call this a cell phone, but it's really not a cell phone. It's a mobile device, right? And this mobile device, it's, we should call it everything device. Come on, some of you guys will lose this. Te perdiste ya. You would, I'm telling you, you, got, you could be half an hour late to work and you will come home, pick up your cell phone and go back. Why? Because I've realized with this cell phone, I take my selfies. With this cell phone, I do my finances. With this cell phone, I send text messages. With this cell phone, I make communication. I make cell phone calls. With this cell phone, I do everything. You know, I think that if we would look at our cell phone, we can learn some things from our cell phone and say, hey, maybe that's what God wants to be in my life. God wants to be a selfie. He wants you to look at him and see if you reflect his image. He wants you to invite him. Just the way we go to our cell phone and have fun with it and we do a bunch of stuff with, man, we can go to God in prayer and bring him into our life, bring him into our circumstance, bring him in our situation because prayer is all about relationship and communication. And God wants, he, listen, God wants to know the details of your life. And I think sometimes it's important that we say them out loud. You know how sometimes we like, we pray and we're like, yeah, I've been talking to God, you know, but it's really, you've been talking to yourself. Like, I can't tell anymore who is who. <laughs> you know how, I think we ought to let it out and speak to God and declare his promises and invite him into our life. And that is the power of prayer. So number three is God's will is that I talk to him daily. Number four, ready? Woo! God's will is that I will always be grateful and joyful no matter what. That doesn't mean that you got to put on some poom-poom shorts and get your pom-poms. I'm always joyful. I'm always grateful. No. But let me tell you, God's will is that you be grateful and joyful. See, many times we want to know what God's specific will for our lives, and God is saying, no, live out in gratitude and joy. When you live out in gratitude and joy, you'll start discovering what my purpose is for your life. When you start living in a life of prayer, you'll discover my purpose in life. When you start living in, a, in, a, in, in the standard of my will, when you start living under the influence of the Holy Spirit, when you start coming to me as, as the creator of the world, when you start living in the standard of my will, you will start walking in the specific will that I've called you to walk in. And so God is saying, hey, here's a good way to start. You want to see what my specific purpose is for your life? Start being grateful. Start being joyful. It says, always be joyful, always keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful, for this is 
God's will. For this is God's will for your life. What does it mean? It, it means that, listen, your life may not be perfect, and there might be some situations in your life that are not adding up, but you can always show gratitude no matter what life looks like. Yes, you're, maybe you're experiencing a rocky marriage, but here's the truth. You're married and you're not alone. Yes, you may not make the income that you're making, but you have food on the table and you have food in the refrigerator. Yes, things don't seem like they're adding up, but it's okay because when things don't got, add up, God is still there in the midst of this, in, in the midst of it. I think gratitude is the key to more in your life and complaining is what robs you from what you already have. Number five, God's will is that I grow spiritually. I read a quote that said, if you're not growing, you're dying. What does growing spiritually mean? Look what 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 37 says, uh, verse 3 through 7, it says, it is God's will, everybody shout God's will. Yo, pastor is roasting here. We're going to have AC. By the way, it's $2 million to get AC through here. We're going to make a collection outside. I'm just kidding. It is God's will. Everybody shout God's will. That you should be sanctified. And we hear that word, we're like, oh my God, what is that? Sanctified means to be set apart. It means it is the process of the Holy Spirit transforming your life and making you more like Jesus. You want to know if you are growing spiritually? You, know, you want to know the indication if you are growing spiritually? It's this one thing. Are you becoming more like Jesus and less like yourself? Am I, am I becoming more like Jesus or I'm becoming more of what I want? Have you noticed that life is, if you look at your cell phone, have you noticed that the way the patterns of life are forming is that life is looking to make you more of what you already are? What do I mean? Have you noticed that when you search for one thing on your internet, I searched something for the church and now it's telling me every single business that ever possessed that one thing. And it, it recommends, oh, if you like this, you're gonna also like this, this, and this. And what happens, you, you, you go deeper and deeper of who you already are. Like I remember when life didn't tell me what to do. I remember that, that I used to watch TV and I used to have to wait for commercials. Remember that? Remember flipping through the channels and discovering Programs that you never thought you'd like, but now you like them? That doesn't happen. Why? Because we watch Netflix. I've been watching like, I watched Making a Murderer. I told you that last week. And then it said, because you watch Making a Murderer, you should watch Confessions Tape. So now I'm watching Confessions Tape. And it said, because you watch Confessions Tape. Now I'm like, I'm like six weeks into watching criminal activity here. I gotta break out of this curse. I'm like, I'm gonna become a lawyer before, you know, in a week. And so what is growing spiritually? It is becoming more like Jesus. Is my life visibly looking more like Jesus or am I becoming more of what life has already made me? 
Am I conforming to the things of this world or am I being transformed by the renewing of the mind so that I can know God's perfect, good will for my life? And lastly, or number six rather, that was number six, God's will is that I do good to others. God's will is that I do good to others. Look what it says. It says, it is God's will, everybody shout God's will, that your good lives should silence those who foolishly condemn the gospel without knowing what it can do for them, having never experienced its power. You are free from the law, but that doesn't mean you are free to do wrong. Live as those who are free to do only God's will at all times. This is Peter talking to the, to the church, and he's saying, hey, listen, there are people that no matter what you tell them will not receive what you have to say to them. You know what he says? It doesn't matter how good you are. To them, it matters how good you are to them. What am I saying? There's a difference between being good and doing good. Are you hearing me? See, I think, I, I wish life was only about being good. I only got to worry about me. Okay, I did everything that I need to do, and I'm being good. But he's saying, listen, you can live in such a way that your goodness towards others will go far more than your articulation of the scriptures, far more than what you know, because here's the truth, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think in this church, we're not here to impress anyone with our intellect. We're not here to impress anyone with how much we know. We're here to let you know we care. We're here to let you know, listen, it's not just about being good, it's about doing good to others. I think we have undermined how important it is to be nice. Imagine you get a prophetic word. You go up to the altar. I'm ready to receive my word. God just wants you to be nice. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That wasn't deep at all. Yeah, I think, I think we've lost the ability to be nice. Do you look at our political climate? Do you look at the, how judgmental life has been even on social media? Where did we lose the ability to be nice? Listen, I may not agree with you, but it doesn't mean because I, agree, I don't agree with you that I have to hate you. I'm going to be good to you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to care for you. Listen, I don't care if you treat me wrong. I don't care if you disagree with me. I'm going to love you. I'm going to care for you. And I'm going to pray that as I am good to you, God will show his goodness in you in your heart. And last but not least, I'm going to ask the worship team to come forth. If we live in God's standard will for our life, we will discover in it God's specific will for our life. I don't want to keep searching and searching and searching and find myself spending the rest of my life trying to find God's specific will for my life. I'm looking for the right thing in the wrong place. I'm looking for, God, what is it that you want for me? But I'm looking for it in the neighborhood outside of God's will. And God's saying, hey, listen, 
If you come here, you will understand that in my standard will, you'll find my perfect will for your life. In my standard will, in my general will for humanity, in that you will find my specific will. I think that if we begin to live in these seven things, there's going to be people in this church that inside their hearts, doesn't matter where you come from or how old you are, something's going to ignite. And you're going to say, I know why God has placed me here on earth. The last thing is, God's will, write this down, God's will is that I do good to others. And the last one is God's will is that even when I go through pain, I will always gain. Even when I go through pain, I will always gain. Listen, if, if anyone told you that serving God is a pain-free life, they misled you. Many times we're like, come to Jesus and everything will be all right. No, come to Jesus and you might go through some pain. One of the brothers in this church, oh my God, made a decision to come to Jesus and put his faith in Jesus. And many of you already know his story. But in placing his faith in Jesus and making a public declaration to the world that he loves God, his family ended up outcasting him. Because it was not according to the religion he was raised with. And his father asked him to even remove his last name because he was not worthy to carry his last name. See, placing your faith in Jesus may cost you something. It may cost you some pain. It may cause you some trouble. It may cause you from maybe living comfortable to having to live uncomfortable. Maybe from living in a place of all you know to living in a place of just trusting in God and waiting for him to give you the next step. But I've been through enough pain in my life that I've caused on my own. I want my pain to mean something. And sometimes in God's will, his pain or the pain you go through is never in vain, but it's only for your gain. See, 1 Peter, you can you clap to that. 1 Peter says, so then those who suffer, someone shout pain, those who suffer according to God's will, according to who? God's will, should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Continue to do good. You might go through pain, but listen, I don't want to live a life without pain. I want to live a life that my pain means something. See, what we don't understand is that we think pain is a bad thing, but pain is actually the alarm in your life going off, letting you know, pay attention. There was a little girl, there's a diagnosis, I don't even know what the name is, but there's a little girl that her diagnosis was that she couldn't experience pain. She was numb. She was numb. So if she walked into something she would bruise herself and not feel the pain. 
This thing escalated so much so that she would cut herself and not feel the pain. So much so she plucked eye out her own eye because she was numb and she would not feel the pain. See, I think we don't want to feel pain because it hurts. But I'll tell you this, I'm willing to feel the pain if it means something. I'm willing to feel the pain if it brings me closer to Jesus. I'm willing to feel the pain if it brings me closer to people. I'm willing to feel the pain if it's making me more like Jesus. life. I want to live when my pain means something. When I go work out at the gym, I'm in pain, but it means something. I don't know if you're in this place, but the word says this, 1 John, it says, and this world is passing away along with its desires. I can't live my life on that. I can't live my life. My purpose can't live on a world that's passing along away with its desires. You know what it's saying? That the desires of the world will always change. In the 90s, the desires of the world was something. In the thousands, now the desires of the world is something else. Now we're the millennials that the desires of the world, they're constantly fading away. They're constantly passing away. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. My God. Whoever does, oh my God, why am I yelling? I'm excited. Whoever does the will of God, that's where I want to live my life. That's where I will find the specific purpose for which God created me. Is this helping anyone here today? If, you, if this is helping you today, you get up on your feet and give God some praise in this house. Come on, Kuha. Thy will be done. I truly believe that if we are living in the standard will of God, maybe here you don't know what your purpose is. You don't know why on earth you are here. But I can tell you in God's word, he outlines a, a standard will for your life. And that's where you're going to find your specific will. It's not going to be found outside of God's standard will for your life. And maybe you don't, you're asking questions. God, I, I've been at a crossroads. And I don't know which way to go. And I'm constantly trying to figure out, God, is, I keep going the wrong way. And I keep finding myself just looping in circles and trying to discover why on earth am I here I'm, I'm, I'm doing this but I don't feel fulfilled inside I feel stressed out I'm doing this and I don't fulfill feel I, I still feel empty I got this relationship I'm still not happy I got more zeros in my bank account and I'm still not happy I want to let you know that God has outlined my God someone hear me in this house church God has outlined his standard will for your life and you don't got to be perfect but you ought to trust in God and begin to live in God's standard will. And when you do, God will begin to reveal his specific will for you. But it starts here. I'm going to ask every eye closed, every head bowed. We're, we're done. We're finishing and wrapping it up. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.